0: Welcome to a new episode of Talking Rivals, a weekly show exploring everything about the best bleeping rivalry in baseball, co-hosted by Patrick covering the Boston Red Sox and myself covering the New York Yankees. And remember, you could follow us on Twitter at Talking Rivals. You can get us on the web at TalkingRivals.com. You can follow Patrick on Twitter at Patrick Trotty. You can follow myself at CP7NY. You can catch our podcast wherever you find our podcast at Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. And you can also find us at SportsWire Radio at SportsNarium.com/backslash/player. And you can follow the station manager there, Thomas Bryce, ask, at Thomas Bryce2017. And you could file him for all the other scheduling of all the other great shows that are on SportsWire Radio. So, Patrick, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> Another
1: week. I feel like we're going in different directions, our teams, but it's uh but we're about to intersect. It's weird how it's like you meet a team at a certain time and one's hot and the other one's not but it's um was it twenty two games left in the season mm-hmm. down to pretty much the final month and I don't know I, I'm just happy that they don't that the Red sox don't have to play in Tampa Bay again this season,
0: yeah. <laughs> there's something team- mean,
1: that's that play and you know it well yankee fans know it all too well as well that down there there's just something about playing them in that dome that you know you get balls banging off the catwalk and yeah just random things happen And the red Sox lost two out of three and i think they've lost uh after they got swept in houston and they took two out of three against kansas city but I think they're three and seven in the last ten, and it's the defense. It's the defense, and somewhat starting pitching, but this this defense is really, really bad, and it's gotten worse. And um, I they're going to have to do something in the off season, whether it be uh, get a new coach in there, figure out. I know with the Yankees, we'll talk about. You know, analytics, and with every team, it's analytics. But there's got to be more emphasis on on the fundamentals at this point.
0: Do you think they're just not good defenders, or do you think it's something else?
1: I mean, with Devers, this is his worst season, and he did get a little better last year. Um, I know some of these numbers are skewed because Kike Hernandez was playing shortstop, and he was just god awful, and then. Course he goes to the Dodgers and he's playing well. But um I I think this team, I know Yoshida is like negative twelve outs above average in the outfield. Wow! but I can't really complain because he's a he's a rookie and he's batting three hundred. So everything else after that is just I, I fear that the Red Sox have built this team around a couple of DH's in Cassis, Evers, and Yoshida. And if it wasn't for Verdugo playing almost gold glove caliber right field, this team would be well below average, like well below. So um, long, long-winded answer. So I guess I would say at the best, they are a below average defensive team right now. So do you And see- you just can't give teams like Tampa Bay, you can't give any major league teams extra outs and expect right. to win consistently.
0: Yeah, especially the good ones. You can't because the good teams will always, always take advantage of the extra out, the extra base, right? Always. Yep. Um, Seeing the Yankees when they were at their peak years ago, that was the one thing where they always did it. They were always a very good defensive team and they always took advantage of the other team's errors, whatever it may be, an extra base, uh, you know, and it always happened. And you see it now. when You see the good teams play, whether it's the Astros, Tampa, you're just talking about the Rays. You know, the Rays are not gonna beat you uh, you know, with the great player roster <laughs> that other teams yep. would have. They just they put together this roster and they just play good fundamental baseball. And if you make an error, they're gonna they're gonna make you pay. So
1: Yeah, they uh Red Sox lost the they won the opener seven to three. Uh they made a good comeback They gave up three runs in the first inning and then Bayo just kind of righted the ship and they won seven to three and he's quiet, uh, maybe not quietly, but had a very good year. He's up to 11 wins and three and a half ERA. And I saw where this is the first time since Ellis Burks and Roger Clemens, which is a weird combo that Red Sox have had two players under the age of 25, one a pitcher, one a position player doing so well in those seasons yeah so it's a it's a random stat, but it just shows that between Cassis and Bayo and Cassis has been hot as anything in the second half so between them they're don't get me wrong it's not all doom and gloom for the Red Sox because I thought they would be around 500 and they are so it's just you're so close and the Yankees and we'll get into it with the Yankees you see it too with this recent you know uptick in play with the young guys you're so close to getting that final spot in the wild card, And all you need to do is get in there and you never know what happens. Right, but It gets frustrating. And some of these games are going to come back to, to haunt both our teams, you know, losing to Kansas city 13 to two last week. That's going to come back to haunt them at the end of the year. Yep. Getting swept by Pittsburgh in Fenway earlier this year, that's going to kill them. Any games you lose to Oakland, you're going to regret at the end of the year. So it's just those games are piling up and between the extra outs given and the lack of, I would say, top-notch starting pitching. They have a lot of quality depth and innings eaters, but they don't have – and we'll get into the offseason stuff later in later episodes, but they they need to get maybe not an ace, but – you know, a top-of-the-rotation guy soon. So, and uh today's an off day, and they start a big homestand. I know we say it every week, but Red Sox have a huge homestand this weekend. They're playing Baltimore and then the Yankees next week. So, I, I, I think this might be the week. We always say it, but this is the week where, for our teams, one of them is either going to – Sneak into that conversation, that final wild card, or be totally done. I
0: totally agree. I am I'm with you on that. Um, you guys have been, you know, a little bit better than us, but now the Yankees are, you know, went on a nice little tear here. They've won what, five of six, whatever it is. Um uh they could be six and six out of seven if they win tonight against uh the Tigers if they sweep. Them. And that
1: would be nine out of a nine out of eleven
0: if you yeah. win tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be huge. You know, the sweep against Houston, you know, taking three out of four against Detroit, taking so far the first two against Detroit here. Um, it would be huge. Um, but, uh, you know, just with, with you guys, you guys have been right there. They've been just, just hanging in enough. Like, the Yankees are a, a further out, but after this run, they've gotten a little bit better. But you guys – You're only a
1: game and a half behind
0: us. Right. Right. But before this before this streak, oh, yeah. like, we're done, you know, and – Yes. I still think we're done. You know, it's still going to take a, you know, an unbelievable finish. But the one good thing is, yeah, we do play you guys four more times. We play the Blue Jays six more times. So there are games that we can make up pretty easily, you know.
1: Do you play Texas or Seattle at all?
0: Uh, No. We play okay. Milwaukee, Boston, Pittsburgh, Toronto, Arizona, Toronto, and at Kansas City to finish it up. Yeah, but you know what just like any other team not that not that we're used to this that much but you just want to be playing big games in September you know like yeah. we, we're usually playing big games in September to figure out which you know which seed we are whether it's the top seed two three whatever now we're like just trying to get in but at least there are games that are that mean something you know before these kids came up um you know yankee fans like myself were like what are we watching for you know like because they're just horrible i mean they're not even playing good but once they brought the kids up it's like all right now we got something to watch the last month see how they do and it's you know it's picked up the rest of the team so that's a good thing um but what about with you guys you, you guys just brought someone up too
1: yeah okay. we brought up uh Saidane raffaella yeah. If you look up his his Wikipedia, not his Wikipedia, his uh, baseball reference page, I think he has five full names, and one of them was Chipper because he's from <laughs> Curacao. His middle name is Chipper, and his mom grew up watching Andrew Jones in the Braves, and she fell in love with Chipper Jones.
0: Okay,
1: so it's it's great, but it's they brought him up. They brought up Willier Abreu, who is one of the players that they got. In the Christian Vasquez trade which I wasn't a fan of at the time but it's turned out pretty well um and so far I mean Rafaela I just posted something to Twitter they were this is a this is a tough ask though I, I I saw this and I reposted it because swing wise he reminds me a lot of Mookie Betts I'm not saying he's going to be Mookie Betts that's ridiculous but but his swing he's like a 5859 five, guy he's about speed and power he plays shortstop and center field he's going to steal a ton of bases it's just a matter of him with with any young player it's about swinging at strikes and taking the bad pitches and just waiting for the next one so his strike zone if he can kind of tighten his strike zone I think he's going to – he was the number three rated prospect in the farm system. I think he's got a chance to be a 15-year vet for them and have a really great career. Um, other news in the minors, our first-round draft pick from this year just got just got promoted to double A already. Wow! So Kyle Teal, the left-handed – I think – I know he's left-handed hitting. I'm not sure if he's a switch hitter. Uh, catcher uh drafted right out of college in the first round he's already in double a so nice and bad news is marcelo meyer the top prospect was shut down with a shoulder injury so and it looks like a i would say overall it's it's been a big season for the red sox as far as their minor league they've been very and same thing with the yankees they've been very aggressive in promoting players that are doing well and I think we're starting to see between both our teams an infusion of young talent that, you know, you could argue should have gotten to the big leagues quicker because they've been playing well when they get up there. Um, but I think it's, there's only going to be more players. I know one of the top prospects for the Red Sox, Roman Anthony, he's 19. I mean, he just got promoted to double A. Hmm. So, I mean, you have, this year's first-round pick in double-A. So the double-A team right now, for all the Red Sox fans out there that are saying, you know, get rid of Bloom, get rid of this guy, get rid of that guy, there's reinforcements coming. And if you like what you see in Rafaela and Obreu and Bayo and Cassis and Duran, just just think when a couple more of these guys get up there. But, you know, that's like we always say. That's always in the future, yeah. and it looks good on paper so, until they get up there and they start showing it, but there are some positive signs coming up.
0: That's always a good thing. Um, and so far that that's what's that's what we've seen so far with the Yankees as well. Um, after them losing two out of three against Tampa, um, they went into Detroit to three out of four, and then we heard that Dominguez and Austin Wells are coming up, which excited everybody. We all want, you know. We've been hearing about these guys, these guys for a couple of years now. Wells is bad is ready. It's just his glove. Um, Dominguez, of course, twenty years old, switch hitting center fielder. We've been hearing about the Martian. It seems like forever, but um, so
1: since you brought up Wells, let's start with Wells. What, yeah. What were your thoughts on? I know it's just a few games, but defensively. Uh,
0: you know what? He looks solid behind the plate. Um, yeah. Receives, you know. Calls a good game. I mean, he's not really calling it a good game, but so far he communicates very well with the pitching, with the pitchers. We've been hearing that in interviews after the games. Nobody's saying, oh, he's a rookie. You know, they're saying he, they, they communicate very well in between innings. He looks really good, you know, just from a, the average fan point of view. Um, he looks fine behind the, behind the plate. I couldn't tell if it was him or one of our other catchers. Um, they said his arm is going to be the his weakest, and we've seen him throw a runner out. So, so far, so good. I mean, in his bat, he looks pretty smooth at, at the bat. You know, he, he they don't look overwhelmed, either him or Dominguez or even Carraza. Like, they don't look overwhelmed by the moment or by the, or in the at-bat or in or in the field. They just look like they belong. How good are they going to get? You know, is that ceiling that we, we always hear about with Dominguez and even with Wells, with his bat, is that ceiling, are they going to get to that ceiling? You know, we don't know, just like with your guys, you know, yeah, they look great, but, and they could reach it, but um, I tell you so far, I have no problems with Austin Wells and I could, I, I don't see any other reason not to see him as one of the catchers next season. Um, let's say with Trevino returning, that's a good one, two punch, you know, and now you got a guy who was going to, who's going to be a, a much better offensive catcher that we've had, you know, in a, in a long time. So. I like it. And he's a left-handed bat, which
1: obviously yeah.
0: we've been missing. Um,
1: and then the headliners, Dominguez, um, obviously so far he's done really well offensively. Yeah. He's been playing center field defensively.
0: Yeah, and he's he looks fine. Like I said, not overwhelmed. Um, smooth out there. Uh, it's only been a few games. So, yeah, he looks great. And with the bat, obviously he hit the home run in his first at-bat. Off of uh, Verlander, so that was great. Um, that really got us going in that game and for the whole series, really sweeping Houston in Houston was a shock. If there was any, if that <laughs> was, listen, if they don't make the playoffs, that's going to be the highlight, I think, of our year is seeing those kids those first couple of games sweeping Houston, especially with what
1: Houston just did to Texas.
0: Yeah, I mean it's amazing, and and beating Verlander, which we never do, so this might be our. That might be our world series. I hope not. I hope there's this magical run keeps going. Um, and then after that, um, came home to play Detroit. And so far they won the first two they, they're playing tonight for uh, the third game, but uh, you know, none of us could complain. Even Peraza who started off bed since he's been up with the bat, you know, his glove is there. I mean, his glove is no doubt. He could play third, short, second, anywhere. Um, but the bat seems to be coming along now, too. It, it took him a couple of games, but his last couple of games, he's hit really well. Um, that'd be great. You know, if he could – listen, the big question this offseason, we, we talked about it a lot already, is Torres, right? Are they going to sign him to an extension? Are they going to trade him? Are they going to keep him for one more year? And who knows what's going to happen. But at least you know with Peraza, you got somebody who, if you do trade Torres – could slide over to play second base. Or if you do keep Torres, he could stay at third and give you really good defense. He's not going to give you the power numbers. I don't think that you're going to get from a third baseman normally, but I think um, you got to keep her all three guys out of those three, without a doubt for me, they all look like, yeah, they're going to be a part of this team next year, unless they get traded, obviously, but they right. all look like they're going to be a major part of this team next, next season.
1: Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think the biggest the biggest uh concern would be that what's the nickname for these young guys is it it can't be the baby
0: bombers again
1: I keep seeing this on Twitter it's
0: the youths I, I yeah I that.
1: saw that too I don't know
0: yeah I'm not a big fan of that but
1: but that's a good problem to have not <laughs> a good nickname yet for the team as long because as not- I, I think that these young guys have shown at the very least like you said, they're going to be a part of the future of this team. How big of a part is just up to them because it's all in front of them. I mean, it's a matter of if they take it and run with it, like Wells and Dominguez. Uh, you know, you could be looking at right up the middle. Your team being set with young players.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's just a matter of I think how good they're going to be. You know, yeah. are they going to be average players? Are they going to be above average? Are they going to become elite players? You know, we've seen Volpe go through really bad struggles this year but he's you know since since july since the parmesan dinner with uh with wells um he's he's really you know been much better he's hitting over 250 since then or whatever it is 270 so um yeah he looks much better so yeah i mean the future's bright you know for a while there it wasn't looking good for us and we were like man if these kids before they came up it was a matter of listen if they don't hit we're in big trouble, right? Because that's what they're they're banking on. And so far they're they're all they're all doing well. So to me the future's bright. And it just with Dominguez and with uh, Wells and with Peraza, if they're all here next year, that's three holes you don't have to fill. You know, before they came up, we needed we were looking at looking to fill two outfield holes. We were looking to fill, you know, the catcher position. We were looking for an upgrade there. Maybe third base, maybe second base. You know, like now it's it's a little different. You know, there's still a question mark with Rizzo because of the concussion he's shut down for the rest of the year. That was a little disappointing. You know, I'd like to see him come back, but we'll see, you know, um, what happens to him in the offseason. Hopefully he's back next year too. He's got one more year left plus an option, uh, a team option, I think it is. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, if he comes back, at least that first base is – Good for one more year, and another thing too. Forget about the uh, the the kids for a second. DJ Lemayu has been great since the All Star break. You know he's back to hitting. Yeah. You know what we're used to seeing. So that's another because that
1: first half. I mean, you don't expect much power from Lemayu at this point in his career, but he didn't expect all those strikeouts. I mean, yeah, (laughs) he's he was at the top of his game. He is a, a really he's almost elite at you know, bat to ball contact. And it's from the outside point of view, it's good to see somebody like that get back on track because you know he's better than the numbers he's putting up beforehand.
0: Yeah. And it's huge because again, looking at it from the future, it was like, man, we're stuck with this guy for another three years at whatever, you know, whatever the, the contract is. But we, we're stuck with him for three more years. On top of that, you know, you got Stan for another four. Um and then just going over to Stanton he got his 400th home run which was awesome and we we talked about it earlier in the year you know like I think he's gonna you know we were talking easily like he could easily hit 500 because he has the four years left he just yeah I still
1: think he gets to 500
0: as long as he stays healthy um I just think and I've said it a couple of times I just think they need to work on his batting stance a little bit this this yeah you know, this offseason. I don't know whoever the hitting coach is. I don't know if it's going to be Casey or not, but whoever it might be, someone's got to sit down with him and just say, listen, we got to work this out because the only thing he's hitting are mistakes. He's guessing and it's got to be a mistake. Otherwise, he's totally lost. Like he can't hit a breaking ball and fastball. If he's not guessing fastball, that's he can't catch up to a really hard fastball either. Yeah, I'm
1: not saying it's going to be a pretty – four years but it's going to be you know a 210 average and he'll get 500 i think
0: i you know what i hope so and i hope they figure out his the running like he can't even run and it's a guy that before we got him used to run well like it wasn't like he was this slow he wasn't the same guy before we got him so something has to change with this guy especially as you're getting older you would think you're going to change your your workout routine, your, you know, how you train and all that. So um, I think to get him straightened out as much as possible, because they're not eating almost a hundred million dollars and just releasing him. And no one's going to take him on in a trade unless we eat, you know, at least half of that. And I don't see the Yankees doing that either. So we're stuck with him. So I think the Yankees got to figure this out, whether the trainers, the, the hitting a combination of all of it, has to sit down and say, okay, we got to figure out this guy. We got him for four more years. Let's get him, you know, as optimal as optimum as we can, hitting the ball, running, you know. So if we got to change his stance a little bit, maybe he has to bat a little more open his stance. I don't know, but something's got to be figured out here because what he's doing now is not going to make it. Because, like I said, he can't hit a, a fastball and he can't hit a curveball. And if he's thr- you know, if, if he's not guessing fastball and just end location, that that's the only type of hit he gets right now. And he once yeah. in a while, he runs into these and he does hit them hard still. You know, he's still hitting them over 100 miles an hour. So it's just something's got to change.
1: Yeah, because right now he's just, he's a mistake hitter.
0: Yeah, that's all he is. That's really yeah. all he is. I mean... And it's it's pretty obvious, and you could even look at your the baseball savant page, right? Hard hitting, barrel percentage, exit average exit velocity, and uh, x slugging all in all in the red, all in the you know ninety percentile, whatever it is. Um, but the whiff percentage, the K percentage, you know, all down chase. So and the sprint speed obviously is very low. So. He's got to figure it out. You know, they got to figure something out here. Running, because running, too, is going to help him in the field. You know, maybe we can use him in the field more. That would be great. You know, throw him in right. You know, give a judge a break every, you know, couple of days a week, whatever it might be. So, I think that's two things for me in the offseason. Hopefully, they could you know, sit down with him and try to figure something out.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I'm just, I'm looking ahead at the schedule, and you mentioned who the Yankees were playing. Boston plays all playoff caliber teams except for the White Sox for the rest of the time. It's Baltimore, the Yankees, Toronto, Texas, Tampa, and Baltimore.
0: Hey, look at it this way it's all teams you got to catch or put. Yeah,
1: it's With all stuff. in front of them. So yeah.
0: <laughs> you hate to say that, but <laughs>
1: yeah. And they end the season with a four-game series in Baltimore, which, you know, that should be good. uh, I'm looking forward to this weekend because it's at home against Baltimore, and uh, I'm looking forward to the Sunday game. It's two young pitchers, Bayo versus Grayson Rodriguez. That should be pretty interesting. and I I just want to see them kind of thread that needle where they're giving these young kids some at-bats and some innings but also still competing for that final wild card spot. And I know it's a tricky spot to be in because you're five games out with 22 to go. So it's not, you're not mathematically out of it. You're not really, you, you got to go on a run and it's got to start real soon, but you want to still play the young guys and you want to get a look towards next year. So I want to just see them and There also has to be a conversation about innings limits with Bayo, with Cutter Crawford. Um, I know Whitlock for a little bit of the season because of his injuries kind of settled that, but there are certain guys, and Sam because he's been injured so much in the past, you got to look at, you know, are they reaching their innings limits or are you going to push him past it because there's a chance you can make the playoffs? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, and you see that with the Yankees too, because you have these young kids coming up and playing and playing well. So I, it's a good problem to have. I wish, I kind of wish for the old days where the rosters went to forty, you know. Yeah. For September, I, I kind of wished for that so that you could mix in some bullpen pieces and see what you have for next year. But you know what, I think you said it best. Playing important games in September. Obviously, both our fan bases are used to seeding for the playoffs at this time. But, you know, anytime you can get games in Fenway or Yankee Stadium in September against your rival coming up this week. I mean, it's it's good stuff. So they're both they're both trending in the right direction. It's just I think it's just at least for the Boston side, it's. The wrong season in the wrong division.
0: Yeah, I I think so too. I and let's be honest, neither team. You know, even if okay, best best case scenario, we get in as the three the three seed and the the three wild card seed, and then we end up playing Minnesota in the first round. And even yeah. if they do win that series, right, which both teams can, I don't. I'm not impressed by Minnesota either. But will they win that next round after that? No. Yeah. So. I mean, I think both of our teams have flaws, major flaws. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Whether it's, I think
1: in the off season, it's going to be interesting to see if they go into next year how much they rely on these young players to either take that next step or to take that first step and show them that they can play a full season in the big leagues and play at a starting level.
0: And I think do
1: the Yankees do the Yankees go after Bellinger? do they address their starting pitching or do they run it back with some of these guys that have shown just in a little bit, I mean, obviously Dominguez is going to be a part of it. Wells is going to be a part of it. But outside of somebody like Torres, there are a lot of, you know, you can fill the holes outside of the organization or you can keep it, like you were saying, with Peraza, Barrera, Cabrera. I mean, there's just a ton of young talent And it's just going to be interesting to see which ones become long-term fixtures.
0: Yeah, it's true because, you know, that the Juan Soto, you know, trade possibility is going to be out there, obviously. Will the Yankees, will Boston, you know, put together a package for him? You never know. Um, The only thing that bothers, like there's, to me, there is, you could go either way, right? Either the big trade for Soto or you make a big signing and go after Bellinger, right? Both sides you can make the argument for it. And trust me, the last couple of days, I've seen it on social media, and yep. you see fans on both sides of the ball, and they're both right because you can't go wrong. Like, how can you say no to a Juan Soto, who's young and he's one of the best bats in the league? The only negative with him is 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 his glove. His glove is just not good in left field. You no. know, people are like, oh, he can't play left. Well, he can. He's just not going to play it good. You know, just like you have Yoshida, right, and left. He's not yeah. good. He could play it, but it's not going to be great. You know, that's, we got to accept that. And we got to hope that his bat makes up for his defense. Um, Bellinger, on the other hand, very good in the outfield, center field, left field, could play right. And the big thing is he could play first. And for me, with Bellinger, he's still young. He's 28. You know, if you sign him, it's only money. Yeah, you're going to lose the pick, right, because they're going to give him the qualifying offer, all that. But with him in a couple of years, you can move him to first base because in another year and at, at most two years, Rizzo is going to be gone, right? We're hoping to get at least one more year out of him after this concussion thing, you know? Um, and after that, what are you, you going to keep uh DJ there as your starting first baseman. I'd rather have DJ as that guy that could back up first, second, and third, you know, like he's, like, he's been doing just about every year with us. So, um, it, it's going to be interesting. Like you said, I don't know the direction they're going to go in, but I know these young kids are going to be a part of it. How they're going to, you know, add to those guys is going to be the, the big question. I really don't know. And just like what you guys with the, your teams, the same way, you know, I think they, they definitely need a, a starting pitcher and we found found yeah,
1: at least, at least one. Right. Man. I'm looking at obviously Yamamoto from yeah. overseas but if you can't get him, I'm looking at a guy like Aaron Nola, maybe Jordan Montgomery, who's used to pitching in the American League East. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe bring back Eduardo Rodriguez. So you could either go for the big fish, or you could go for a couple middle, you know, twos and threes. But they have to do something to upgrade the starting pitching. And another thing is, I just saw this on social media: if Tristan Casas wins the Rookie of the Year for the Red Sox, the American League. They get a supplemental first round pick.
0: Yeah. That's a good so that's huge. Yeah. So that's
1: something to look for down the road uh at the end of this year because it's basically between him, Gunnar Henderson, pitcher from Cleveland's been really impressive, but I think he has 10 wins. So I'm not sure if that gets it done. Uh Yoshida, I don't think he should be. That's a different conversation to me because I, I don't think he's a technical, he's technically a rookie, but I don't think you can give it to him over kids, basically.
0: Well, we've seen that already. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. I we, mean, if he yeah. was better in the field, then that 300 average would look a lot better, right? But yeah, the fielding is yeah no no. I would give it to Gunner yeah. or to Tristan Casses.
0: Gunner, yeah, Gunner. I think has been the the more consistent. I think of all. Yep. Of
1: them. yep.
0: So he might get it. But you know, Cassis has come around big time. So, yeah, it'll be. I think it's. it's, Isn't it a top two or three? They they get the first round pick.
1: I know they get the first round pick if they win. I think it might be a second round pick if it's top three finish.
0: Right, I remember. So So either
1: way, you're going to get something pretty valuable. And like I said before, this year's draft pick in the middle of the first round is already in double A catching. So we see how impressive. These kids are becoming so quickly recently. I think that's
0: great, you know, for the sport. Because, you know, what? It keeps more eyes on the, you know, it, it makes the, the draft more interesting, too, right? Because, for yeah, years- and it's
1: not waiting five years for okay. a draft pick, it's waiting a year and a half.
0: Yeah, I, I love great. it. I've seen these kids. The kid on the, the Angels, the first baseman, right? He's already up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And they
1: said his bat was big league ready. I guess they meant it.
0: I guess so, right? What was he, two months, and he's already in the majors.
1: Yeah, so and the Angels have done that for, for a while now with their last, I think, three picks. And, you know, speaking of the Angels, we're looking around the league now, and we said it right before we got on the air. To me, the Angels, we're going to look back at this decade, you know, these last couple of years at least, and say, what the heck were the Angels doing that screwed up this much talent so quickly, <laughs> like right between Rendon Trout's injuries. Okay, if Trout just gets injured and he has bad luck like that, I can see that. But between Otani Trout Rendon, they're pitching, they're going all in for it, and then kind of just falling apart. the the um, the Otani substitute during picture day it was like come on really
0: it's some. it's it's just one thing after another and i feel bad because i you know we kind of praised him even though we didn't agree with the move not trading otani and going all in it, it was it it's totally backfired you know like it just completely went the opposite direction and they did everything that they could possibly do you know I think, you know, they did everything they could if they were going in that direction, going for it. Right. They added pieces. They said, hey, we're going for it. And the the fans probably appreciated that because, you know, they get to see Otani for the last couple of months. Then, you know, the players don't work out. The pitching, once again, completely craps out. And now you got Otani, who's not going to pitch again. And he's not going to pitch again next year either because of the injury. So, I mean, it's just, it's horrible. And Trout came back for one game and then he went back out, right? Yeah. It's, I, I feel horrible. And the other organization, stay in the West for a second. How about Texas? They went all in and they're going the opposite direction. I mean, they're falling apart. They're three and seven. Yeah, they and... went
1: all in, but a, unfortunately, part of that was Chapman. And yeah. their bullpen is just, yeah, you mentioned it a while ago as that being the Achilles heel. It's really shown up bad for them. It's,
0: I think they've lost fourteen of nineteen or something.
1: Yeah, and I think I think he's two out of twelve in save appearances.
0: I mean, listen, Yankee fans are smiling right now for that because of what he did to us last year, quitting on the team, and then of course yep. blowing all the games that he did and smiling during those games. So look, we're not feeling bad for Texas because they took him on. You know, I mean, they they went and traded for him, so um but um yeah i mean it's just awful I, it's it's all for a team that was just cruising along and and you know being more of the surprise team in the first half has completely fallen apart and they might miss the playoffs altogether i mean they've fallen they're out of the playoffs right now
1: yeah they're a half game out uh looks like toronto obviously seattle has surged it might it might be yeah I, I don't know how I, I don't know how to feel about Texas. Uh, I know we said at the start of the season if Degrom gets hurt, there's no way they're going to be contending. They were for a while. Then Ivaldi gets hurt. He's back a little bit, but he got blown out last game. Uh, I think he got uh, taken out in the second inning um, against Houston. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it with Texas. Yeah, They're going to have to prove me okay. wrong and then I'll jump on the bandwagon if they make the playoffs because I, I'm still going with Houston until yeah. I've proven otherwise.
0: In that division? Oh, to take the division without a doubt, I think it's either them or Seattle now. I don't think, I yeah. think Texas... They'll be lucky if they squeeze into the wild. I think park. it's
1: Texas or Toronto. That's the conversation.
0: Probably, yeah. And Toronto, that's another team that we just... Like, when are they going to just go on a tear with all the talent that they got, with the lineup they got. Like when is Guerrero going to go on a, an incredible tear and just carry this team on his back? You know what I mean? Yeah. And and be that guy.
1: I mean, check the monthly splits for Matt Chapman. He's having a, oh,
0: a he weird
1: needs- free, going into his free agent year.
0: Yeah, he, right. He started off great and then steadily just bottomed yeah. up. And he's back to where he should be, you know, like low 200 batting average, which he's always been, you know, a little bit of pop, great glove. But this is, I think this is what he normally is. This is what the guy is. I mean, it's, he is what he is, right? Um, yeah. But I, to me, I look at guys like Vladimir Guerrero. He's got to hit better than 266. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. You, you got to have a little more power too. Yeah. You're the star of this team. You and Bo Bichette bichette's having a great year, just banged up a little bit, right? But he's the guy. I'm sorry. That's the guy that's got to do better. Yeah. Do better than 266. George Springer, you expect a little more from him, I think. Um, but don't uh, To me Guerrero is the I don't want to call him the problem because he's not a problem, but you got to He's just
1: the guy that has to lead by example and right, right now. His stats aren't He's just not putting up enough.
0: And we always said, you know, like the last couple of years, Toronto, 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 and they're just not getting it done. And nope. you know, he's like the poster child of that team to not get it done.
1: Yeah. And staying out west, but moving to the National League. Diamondbacks promoting their top prospect, Jordan Lawler. He uh he was the sixth overall pick in the twenty twenty one draft. Shortstop. Great player. Um I think he's only had 80 at-bats in AAA. Hmm. So these kids are coming up quicker and quicker, like we said. And uh, that that should be something to look for. And Nick Ahmed is out there. He got designated for assignment. So if anyone's looking for a veteran shortstop, like a Jose Iglesias type for the last couple of weeks, he's an option. But, yeah.
0: And think about it. you got four teams now within two and a half games for that final wild card spot.
1: Yeah, cuz San Francisco lost what six in a row.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and they got swept by Chicago recently. Yep. Um so, yeah. I mean, and Miami now is back, but uh Sandy is out, right?
1: Yeah, he's on the injured list. I don't know how much they're going to use Yuri Perez going down the stretch with innings limits. Um that's a that's a great example of a National League version to me of texas as far as I'll, if they make the playoffs i'll gladly eat crow and say i was wrong but i don't believe it until they're in there
0: yeah the only difference is that you know texas has spent a crap load of- oh yeah yeah, no they went about it
1: differently but in terms of the way i view the teams
0: yes yeah, just- i totally agree yeah they're just until you get it done you know it's to me it's between you know Arizona, Cincinnati, and San San Fran. You're like when you doubt them, that's when they go on a tear. So, oh yeah, I'm expecting them to do something. You know, this week they'll 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 get hot again and tighten this you know this race up. But it would be cool to see Cincinnati in there. That I think would be. I, I think that would for me it would it would make the whole thing because if Cincinnati makes it right now, they would play the Central Division champion. In the first round, right? Mm. No, wait. Yeah. Yeah, right?
1: Yeah, they would face Milwaukee.
0: Wow. It could be the Cubs, because the Cubs are, what, a game and a half out, I think now? Yeah, the
1: Cubs are, yep, you're right, a game and a half out, two in the lost column, so.
0: And Milwaukee's starting to, you know, they're they're starting to show a little bit. They're five, you know, they're five and five, the last ten. They got the Yankees. They got us this weekend. So, yeah, this is, um, this is big for Milwaukee. Going on the road, playing against the Yankees, who are red hot. They need to win a couple of games here, I think. They're starting to free fall a little bit. And since soon. we're
1: looking at the playoffs, who it's way too early, but who would you – and it all depends on matchups and who's injured at the end of the year, who's healthy. But if you had to list one team in each league that you trust the most going into the playoffs –
0: National League, it's got to be the Braves, right? I'm not even going to – let's not even confuse ourselves. But the American League,
1: man. Yeah, that's I'm looking at it. That's why I ask because it's, it's, it could it's be a wild, wild card team.
0: It could be a wild card team. It could be Seattle. It could be Houston. It could be Baltimore. Bautista, they need Bautista back, I think. Yes. If he's back, I'll feel – I. I, I kind of feel like they're going to make it to the World Series this year. The, uh, the Orioles. I just have that because as hot as Houston is now and they they just, you know, crushed Texas. Um I don't know. I just I have this feeling Baltimore's going to do it. Hmm. But do I I'm, trustwise? I don't know if I trust them to do it. I just have a gut feeling, but trustwise okay. it's kind of Houston, right? Because I mean they Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say Houston and I was going to try to make the argument for the Dodgers, but atlanta for now it's got to be that lineup
0: and the dodgers just i mean eventually their injuries have to catch up have to
1: catch up yeah they have have to catch up
0: right i mean it's it's got to catch up and in the playoffs i think it does and and you know you got a team like the phillies they're red hot the cubs are red hot atlanta's been hot all year you know they've lost three straight but still they're the the class of the uh the league right now but yeah, the the Dodgers. I mean, it's a great, it, it's it's amazing when we like we talk about it all year. Like they just bring someone up and it's like, oh, he's going to throw six innings today and and be fine or whatever, or it's going to be a bat, he's going to do yep. fine. And it's just it's unreal. But eventually, it's got to catch up. They're down to like their how many different starting pitchers have they used this year? It's got to mm. be 10, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's unreal. But they just keep yeah doing.
1: I'm I'm looking it up seeing how many let's see games
0: hmm. One, two three ten
1: two three, I'm gonna say it's 12.
0: 10 11, 12 13 well 14 different pitchers have started a game for them. Okay. You might have had a couple of openers, right? Yeah, uh yeah,
1: probably a couple uh, openers. So I would say uh 12, multiple 12, starting 12, games, probably 10.
0: Yeah, like Vessia, he's, he looks like he opened once. Yeah. Um, this other guy, Gonzalez, looks like he started, he opened once. Caleb Ferguson, he started four games out of 57. But they've games.
1: relied on probably a rotation of about 10. Yeah. It's incredible.
0: The guy, what do you think they're going to get out of Bueller? Because he's supposed to be back at some point, right? if he does yeah
1: he he was going on an assignment right
0: i believe so yeah so that'd be that's uh,
1: if they can get anything out of him i would i would put him in the bullpen in the playoffs
0: yeah i agree make him like a two-inning guy if you can Yep. that i'll use mariano rivera as an example but that would be my rivera guy two innings seventh and eighth inning set up your your uh, your closer um that's yep. that would be my guy you know
1: kind of take the pressure off of some of the younger starters to shorten the game.
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely. because the offense is there. You got JD coming back. I think, I think he's coming back this weekend. Yeah. So that's big, you know? So yeah, it's, it's interesting, man. I tell you that this year it's anytime you think, Oh yeah, this is what it's going to be. It, you know, something happens the following week or two weeks. And someone else gets hot, and you think, oh, maybe they're the ones, you know? Yeah,
1: I mean, look at Houston's last two weeks, or last week. They they get swept by you guys. They look like, okay, they're not done, but, okay, maybe the dynasty is starting to close in. And then they just go into Texas and
0: roll over Texas. And they hit, like, 16 home runs, I think, 17 home runs? I think
1: 17, and they had 50 hits in the three-game series.
0: Oh, my God. That's like, it doesn't, that sounds like a video game. Yeah. (laughs) That is insane what they did to Texas. And, you know, you had Scherzer. And the other thing I wanted to talk about against the Yankees, uh, the Yankee Red Sox series, it looks like you're going to miss in a four game series. You're going to miss Cole. Wow. If you look at it, unless they skip his, unless they give him an extra day, and I don't game. think you
1: wanna screw that up.
0: Yeah. So he's gonna start I, the last game against Milwaukee. Okay. And then he's gonna start his next game will be the first so game. he'd probably
1: face against like Corbin Burns.
0: Yeah. Oh, that would be nice.
1: That'd be a good matchup. But yeah, I don't think you wanna at this stage in the in the season, every game is a must win. So I don't think you screw up his schedule too much.
0: No, yeah, I don't I agree. Um but it was interesting. I was like, listen, I got the biggest series of their, of the season. Yeah. You know, and no call.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah. And uh, the, the Red Sox are off today. And then they, uh, they host Baltimore for a huge three game set this weekend. So, yeah. And I'm looking around the league and got Tampa Bay and Seattle this weekend, Marlins and the Phillies, like you said, the Yankees and the Brewers, um, some big games they're all important right now but some really big games
0: arizona chicago yep seattle tampa miami phillies that's going to be big and you know what as much as you know you, you don't want to say it but a team like kansas city becomes like their big game the mets all these teams that are out of the playoffs pittsburgh
1: yeah i knew oakland i said oakland at the start of the year i think everyone did but I mentioned that Oakland's going to be a spoiler at the end of the year. Yeah. So is think, Kansas City, like you said.
0: I think Oakland beat Toronto last night.
1: Yeah. Any oh. game you lose to them, any series that you can't say you win, you won at least two out of three or all three, you're going to kick yourself at the end of the year. Yep. Because these, these wild card spots are coming right down to the end. And it's just a matter of a game.
0: And if you're Texas, do you really want to see Oakland right now? <laughs> they got mm. him this weekend it's like you don't want to see, after a, you're struggling do you want to see a team that's just going to come out and you know play with fire under their butt and you know what i mean yep. and, so oh <laughs> i'd almost want to i'd rather play that good team you know to get because yeah, you're up out. for it yeah so it's uh whew. man these the bad teams are all going to play big parts colorado's playing san fran um you know San Diego plays Houston San Diego's not totally out of it but we've been saying it all year, you know so um yeah, big games man even the like I said, even the teams that are not in it when they're playing the good teams and they could be this is their World Series. this is their playoff games September right yeah. like, oh, we beat these guys we can knock them out of the playoffs. That's like that's a big thing for a lot of these players, you know and and not only that. These guys are playing for contracts next year too, right? A lot of these guys are free agents yep. or whatever it might be. So they want to show up this this last month. They want to show, listen, we're not giving up. We're not cruising through the the last month of the season, the last three weeks, whatever it is. So all big games.
1: Yeah. And uh I can't believe it's already September, but and, and this on this day in baseball history, Mark Mark McGuire. Hits his record-tying 61st home run against the Cubs. So Sammy Sosa is in right field watching it. Obviously, a sold-out crowd in St. Louis. I remember watching this game because it was broken into on regular cable, not unlike ESPN 15 or MLB Network. You know, this was like channel 247. It was right. on every, every night. Yep,
0: national TV. 1998.
1: Any any guess as to who the pitcher was?
0: Uh, I'm gonna take a guess, but I I'm probably wrong because I think it was the next day. Was it Traxel?
1: No, it wasn't. It was Mike Morgan.
0: Oh God, that guy's been yeah.
1: On the- that's why I that's why I said any idea because um,
0: Traxel gave up one of them one of them to him didn't he like right there like I believe
1: the- so. Mike Morgan actually played for you guys in 1982 as a as a 23 year old
0: yeah again yeah played against us um in the 2001 where he
1: started 411 games he had a long career he went from okay. 78 to 2002
0: and how many teams did he play for one two three four five six
1: seven eight nine ten. 11, 12, 13.
0: So is he the Todd Zeo? Oh, I'm sorry,
1: because he, he went back to another team twice. So I think 12 or 11.
0: Yeah, pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, but anytime you could play in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, you don't see that very
0: often. No. To pitch that long to you, 42 years old. I wonder if
1: he got a ring from the Diamondbacks in 2001 because he pitched in – he started one game. He got a win. Pitched 38 innings, so I guess –
0: He pitched in the playoffs, I believe, didn't he?
1: Technically, he's got to get a ring.
0: Yeah, because I think he did pitch against us in that World Series, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Yeah. He pitched three games, actually wow didn't give up a run well, that's not that surprising hit. yeah
1: <laughs> trying <laughs> yeah. to be kind but he, guys on, on, on his fourth decade of baseball
0: it's, it's crazy
1: the lifelong the lifespan of some of these players
0: 27 years he's got one all-star appearance and he won a world series
1: and he pitched 200 innings like i think five or six times so Yeah, but that was on this day twenty five years ago. It's incredible, and that was uh, many people agree whether whether however you feel about the steroid era, if you want to call it that, that year saved baseball or brought it back at least.
0: No doubt, and it was. I said it earlier. It is. It was such a fun season to watch, especially as a Yankee fan. Right, nineteen ninety eight was was just that was a good year. Yeah, it was a good year in every way shape or form it was great as a Yankee fan and you
1: guys started off like a little rocky at the start
0: oh yeah it was bad uh Tori, you know famously had a big meeting and said listen we gotta get going you know and boom and they just got going after that it, they, they started on the west coast and they just it was awful and uh and yeah and then they just went off from there and it just you know uh, Jack Curry just released a book about it and some historians now are calling them the greatest team ever um,
1: I think at the very least it's the top five ever
0: I look at it this way you can't say one team is the greatest ever anyway because they didn't play against all these yeah. other great teams right
1: and if you have to think about it for a second I don't know how you can be the greatest ever
0: right exactly
1: but it's right up there
0: it's definitely one of the greatest teams without a doubt. It's, is it the greatest team i ever seen? Yes. I mean, they they just never lost. It was just, it was almost getting, I don't want to say it was getting boring, but you expected every series to be won. It was like Yeah, one I one.
1: would say at certain points in that year, it was, the only drama was which random bench player is going to step up and win it.
0: Yeah, that, and just crossing our fingers that nobody got hurt. You know, yep. he's healthy for the you know for the regular season, I mean for the playoffs. And you know what? It just it just added the pressure. I can I can't imagine the pressure that these guys had going into the playoffs. It's one thing to go regular season, you win whatever, how many percentage, sixty percent 60% of your games, whatever. Um, but to go into the playoffs now it's like you can't lose, right? You yeah. can't lose. It's impossible. You can't say, Well, hey, we ran into the wrong team. No, you're the wrong team. Like you're the team that they're running into that, they, yeah. that you know what I mean? So you could, you can't use that excuse. Like, ah, it's the playoffs. It's a five game, seven game series. Anything can happen. No, like you can't say that now. You are that team. And if you did anything less than win a world series, it would have been one of the bigger busts ever in, in baseball history for them not to win it. Um, so thank God they got through it and they won it. Um, you know, they always show the, the game one uh nineteen ninety eight World Series against the Padres and
1: Oh, the upper deck home run, Tino.
0: Yeah, I mean it's just, it was so great, you know, like the pitch before that, it was right down the plate. They called it a ball. Yeah, that was a strike. Yeah. I mean, I ex I I met him once at Yankee Stadium and I jokingly asked him, I said, Oh, so was the pitch a strike? He goes, Hey, the 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 um called it a ball, right? So I said, No, you're right. It's gotta be a ball. Yeah. That, so, that's an answer. Yeah. <laughs> so um, but I think once, once that happened, it was like that was the end of the series. You know, yeah. it was almost like all right, we, we can't be. I them. think
1: they panned to Tony Wynn and you just saw it. You were like, okay,
0: yeah. This... And they were up a lot. I think they were up seven, seven three or something in that game. Or yeah, yeah, it was a uh, knoblock tied it up with a home run, and then then Tino hit the grand slam. So yeah, that was. That was great. And then after that, like, it was just done. It was almost like in the 2000 World Series with the Yan- with the Yankees and the Mets, the Subway Series. After, to, for me, after two two things really solidified that series. Number one was in game one, uh, after we tied it, going into extra innings, the Paul O'Neill at bat where he was just fouling off balls off Benitez and he even said it later on.
1: What was that like an eleven pitch at bat?
0: Yeah, and he was like, I was not gonna hit him either. Because I was just I was just, you know, surviving on yeah. those just fouling off. And he was like, I was hoping he'd walk me because I was not gonna get a hit off him. And he eventually gets walked and then they scored the winning run. But then game two, I thought, with um with the, the whole bat thing with Clemens and the bat coming at him and he threw the bat at Piazza. To me, the yeah, run, went- I, Yeah. To me, when Piazza didn't him. do
1: anything back,
0: yeah, that to me was was everything. Right after that, like nobody even charged him. Like I can understand Piazza not charging him because yeah, he is the mess. Right, he was but, everything.
1: But that that's when your last guy on the bench comes out.
0: Yeah, just do it. Start a yeah. brawl. You know, or hit one of their guys the next inning. Yep, and it just didn't happen. So I knew psychologically that that that, that series was over too. They did win one game against us but and every game was close that's that's the crazy thing i it was the most stressful world series for me as a yankee fan and i'm sure every other yankee fan will agree it was the most stressful five games i've ever had in my life as a yankee fan so but um yeah um yeah how do we go from that from mike, mike morgan
1: we, but, went, was, we went from mike morgan <laughs> to the yankees dynasty
0: that's uh, that's pretty amazing.
1: <laughs> but that's what baseball does.
0: It does. It definitely does.
1: So, do we have any uh, any trivia before we sign off?
0: Yeah, a little trivia. This one's it's it's kind of hard, I guess. But
1: oh boy, uh, most... when you say it's not that hard, I I don't get it. So,
0: <laughs> gonna this give...
1: is going to be like
0: it's not. Well, okay, I'm going to give you one of the answers. There's five guys okay. we're talking about most career war by a position player to not win the mvp that debuted in 1931 or later so i'm going to give you the old guy that i barely know his name is arky won. okay shortstop third baseman he played for pittsburgh and brooklyn um his war was 77.9 he's a hall of famer nine-time all-star won a batting title all this good stuff. Korea three eighteen batting average. Um, the other four guys, three out of the four are third basements, and okay, one. Them, man. And one of them you know very well. <laughs> Wade Boggs. Correct. He's he's at ninety one point four. Um, wow. He was fifth. He was seventy seven point nine.
1: Now third baseman, I'm gonna go with. Hmm.
0: So there's two third basements and there's an outfielder.
1: Eddie Matthews?
0: Yeah, he's number one. Wow. 96.
1: And there's another third baseman.
0: We've we've talked about him a little bit the last, since since we started our podcast, I think. When we talk about Hall of Fame. Hmm. And going into the Hall of Fame that he definitely deserves it.
1: I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go with the outfielder. I'm going to say Al Kaline.
0: There you go. Bingo.
1: But the other third baseman, I have no clue.
0: Okay. Al Al Kaline was uh, 92.8. War. And this guy was an 18-time All-Star, 10-time Gold Glove, batting title, blah, 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 blah. We all know. 399 home runs. He's one shot of four hundred. Um, the other third baseman, he'll be going into the Hall of Fame very soon. Oh, Mr. Adrian Beltray. Yes, ninety-three oh, points. Oh boy. Yeah.
1: Of course, I don't get Adrian right but
0: I thought he'd be the easy one, but because he's yeah, most recent once you
1: player. said you would know him, I started with Wade box and then I just but the Eddie Matthews, I would have thought. Well, back in that day, the, it was stiff competition for MVP. I mean, every year, it was, but.
0: Right, especially when you have Hank Aaron batting with you. In the yeah, Hank
1: Aaron kind of takes sucks the uh <laughs> the attention out of the room. Right, forgetfully so. <laughs> I mean.
0: Forget about the rest of the
1: league. Yeah. You got and that. then the rest of the league, I mean,
0: Right. Willie Mays. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some I, stiff I,
1: competition. I,
0: and I forgot, I don't know if you remember, but Beltrade did play for you guys one year. Yes. I totally
1: yep. he, He's always up there in random Red Sox that you wish stayed longer.
0: Yeah, because he had he had
1: a really good year for us. Yeah. I remember those one falling it down onto one knee, hitting the ball onto Lansdowne Street over the monster. It's like this guy's power was amazing and his club was great.
0: He was an All Star, a Silver Slugger that year, nine ninth in MVP. Yeah, he was three twenty one. 28, 102, 49 doubles. He led the league in doubles.
1: I remember that year he had for the Dodgers going into his free agent year. 48 home runs, 334 average. Incredible.
0: Yeah, right. He's a he's easily and a team. not a huge strikeout guy. No, he's not. Only five years over a
1: hundred strikeouts.
0: That's impressive, and that was earlier, too. You think later on, you know, slowing down. Later on,
1: he was, yeah. You can't call him a contact hitter, but.
0: No, but he's 286 career batting average, which is not bad. Um,
1: The crazy thing is, when was the last time you saw, oh, he did get to 200 hits once. I was going to say, when was the last 3,000 hitter without 200 hit season?
0: And he got it right on 200, too.
1: Yeah, he got one ninety nine one year, but two hundred right on the dock. It's a long career to have.
0: Good numbers, man, just oh yeah, seven seventy home runs, seventeen hundred RBIs. Um, what is it? Four time Silver Slugger, four time All Star, five time Gold Glove, two time Platinum. Basically,
1: for two decades, got a hit every game.
0: Ooh.
1: Yeah, and he's not just uh, a single sitter. So,
0: And I don't want to say he's underrated because he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but I don't think people appreciate it. There there
1: are Hall of Famers that are underrated. I mean, he's not the most underrated.
0: I think he's right up there, though, when you look at the numbers. He's definitely
1: underappreciated.
0: Because he's going to go down as probably a top five greatest third baseman to ever live. Yeah, I
1: think what goes into it is a lot of these guys that go into the Hall of Fame, if you can't pick out which cap they're going to wear right away, they kind of get mixed up. They kind of get lost in the shuffle.
0: Yeah.
1: Now he had his, the end of his career with Texas, but he went through it with the Dodgers, with the Mariners, and then Texas. So it's almost like a Fred McGriff type of situation.
0: Right. Yeah. But not, yeah,
1: he's right. undoubtedly a first ballot hall of famer. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah. So from Mike Morgan
0: to Adrian Beltrick. there you go that's a good way to end
1: it yeah yeah so this was episode 113 of Talking Rivals you can find us on the web talkingrivals.com on twitter at Talking Rivals you follow Chris covering the Yankees at CP7NY I'm at Patrick Trotty covering the Red Sox and you can find us wherever you get your podcasts and on Sportswire Radio sportiniron.com backslash player and check out the other shows there Um, with station manager Tom Bryce and until next week enjoy the games
0: see you next week